Hi everybody, this is Gershom Acheson, Headmaster of Education Incorporated, and today in the studio I have two very special guests with me, Tindani Mulaudzi and Jacqueline Acheson. Hi, thank you for having me, Gersh. Hi, Gersh. Today we're going to have a conversation about vaping, which has become quite a topical conversation, especially after the new series on Netflix called The Big Vape, where they've highlighted Jewel as uh, a case study in vaping. And Tendani wrote an article, because she's a freelancing journalist for the Business Day, on vaping. Would you like to just elaborate a little bit on that, please? Sure, no problem. So I found research into vaping. There's a study that has been started by the Manchester Metropolitan University in the UK. Um, it's an 18-month study that goes into the long-term effects of vaping. So what they do is they have participants smoking, non-smoking, and vaping. And they do various tests, including fitness tests, over the 18 months to come to the conclusion of how vaping affects the body. So I have some experience in counseling, and I've seen that many of the kids that I've counseled have left rehab and started vaping, despite knowing how addictive it is. Um, and that's what piqued my interest. And of course, the study is very early. It's in early days. So we don't know the conclusion of the study yet, but it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. So I understand that you've ended up in the podcast studio because Jax reached out to you after seeing a request by you on I Love Four Ways to interview parents, kids and teachers on the subject of vaping. Yes, that's correct. Jax, what piqued your interest in this? Well, when I saw the post, it, the first thing that piqued my interest was the fact that somebody was talking about vaping. Uh, because as a, a school leader, it's been one of our biggest challenges, as you know. After looking at that and reading Tendani's article, I actually went back and had a look. And even within our own school community, it has been the source of most of our suspensions, vaping. Not cigarettes, not drugs, not alcohol, not any other issue, but vaping. And it seems to me that it's become more of a problem since COVID. It's almost like it's somebody, a habit that was picked up in COVID that's been carried on now. Or do you think that's just superficial evidence? It feels like it could be, but I think that could probably be an entire study on its own. Is there a correlation between vaping and the increase in anxiety that we're seeing in our teens? But mm. as I say, that could be a whole topic by itself. As in a coping mechanism for the anxiety? Yeah, very much so. Tenoni, any thoughts on that, on that comment? Yes, sure. So one of the girls that I interviewed, obviously I cannot use her name, but she is a 17-year-old who left long-term rehab after a year and went to a new school and she had to use vaping as a way firstly to fit in and secondly for her anxiety because there was a lot of stuff going on at home and she says that the vaping made her feel less anxious. So in a study done by the University of Cape Town on the subject they found that about 30 to 40 percent of teens used vaping as an anxiety coping mechanism. I think that might speak to a bigger problem in our society and I wonder if it's not just a South African problem but maybe a more global problem as well. For sure yes I think that around the world they are seeing these patterns amongst teens and in that a lot of countries have actually passed legislation on vaping so the UK is in talks about banning vaping disposable vapes specifically. France has announced that they are also planning to do so. And then New Zealand, Germany, and Australia have passed various laws around vaping. 
I think that what is made clear in the documentary is that the thought of water vapor in your lungs is healthy, but it's all the additives that are going into that. And often it's the oils, which are a little bit more viscous, which are not water soluble, which doesn't allow your lungs to actually do their job. I think what I remember hearing on the documentary is that the inside of your lungs has a surface area of a rugby field, for example. And when you're starting to reduce that, you're reducing your ability to actually take in the oxygen that you need. And when you are introducing foreign substances, it's going to cause problems because it's the quickest and easiest way to transfer anything into your body. And as the guy said, it's going to hit your brain within seconds. I think for me, one of the bigger concerns specifically, and I'm, I'm referring now to obviously to, to teenagers because that's who we are dealing with mm. in this. I, I don't believe any e-cigarette was ever intended for a teenager. I think mm. they were intended for adults. But the reality of the situation is exactly what you said, Tinerani, about the, the it's cool, it's, it's chic, it looks good, it tastes good. So I want to fit in with this. And the fear that I have over this whole thing or, or, or the concern that I have is that other than the addictive side of things, it's what's happening in that teenager's brain in terms of what's being mapped while they are teenagers and all of that mapping is taking place. That level of addiction, this is something they're going to fight for the rest of their lives. This is not something that they can just pick up and put down. This is a long-term, decades-long addiction issue that's actually being installed in teenagers. And I think people are, because they have this perception of, oh, no, it's not as bad as drugs, it's not as bad as cigarettes, they are conveniently pulling the rug over that side of this. Well, what about the addiction that's now in place? And as you were saying in your article, the average age for teen vaping is 15. I was chatting to my grade nine class about this last week and coming to do the podcast on vaping and just chatting to them about what their thoughts were. And one of my grade nines said to me that she has a friend who is 13, whose parents bought her the vape for her birthday. 13. I think that brings up one of the two main issues that I have with vaping. First of all, I think it's irresponsible of parents to do that kind of thing because they're sending the wrong message to their children. You're giving them a tobacco product. Nicotine is derived from that tobacco. And there's a reason that globally tobacco products are banned for sale to people under the age of 18. I think the second issue that I have is that we are looking at vaping through the same lens as we do tobacco smoking. And while there are similar traits because of the nicotine product, the way that it's delivered, the way that the kids have accessibility to it, the fact that you could smell a smoker from a mile off, but you can't with vapors, we are going to, while looking at it through the same lens, realize that that it's an entirely different thing that we are combating at this point. The fact that kids can hide it in their sleeves, it can be odorless, it's just you know directly delivering nicotine straight to the brain or a teenage brain and we know that nicotine addiction in teens is going to be a lifelong battle coming back to the parents and something that i noted on the big vape i think that it takes a village to raise a child and while legislation can be put in place to stop the sale of nicotine products to kids under the age of 18 and there certainly needs to be responsibility from people and vendors that are selling it and they need to be strict about it, there also needs to be parenting happening. And schools also need to be talking about the dangers of vape. I remember when I was at school, the way to discourage us from smoking was they brought in a whole lot of different lungs and showcased the gross black tar lungs 
on, on stage. And that was meant to be, a, and it certainly was. I didn't want my lungs looking like that. But after living in Joburg, they probably do. But what are we going to do about vaping? Because there's such a cool factor about it. And one of the things that came out in the big vape was the 23-year-old that was hospitalized for vaping saying, I'm not ready to give it up because it doesn't suit my lifestyle at this point. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of things to deal with here, not just the stigma of smoking. There's a, a lifestyle and an acceptance, a passive acceptance from parents which shouldn't be in there as well. I think that's part of the, the, the challenge that parents are facing because it's such a complicated issue. So the default, and again, you'll know this, Gersh, because we've heard this so many times in the office where the parent says, as long as they're doing it under my roof with me, under you know that I can see what's going on, then it's fine. That is terrifying for me. So let's put it in perspective. Nicotine is addictive. There's a reason why there's an age restriction on it. So, and it's addictive to the point that you can't not do it. Would you allow your children to drink vodka or whiskey to the point that they are addicted to it and can't live without it as long as they're doing it under your roof at the age of 13? Would you allow them to do cocaine, which is addictive as long as it's under the roof? You know, it, well, it's a, how long is that piece of string? Because yeah. if, you've, if your 15-year-old is sitting vaping with you and you're now watching the rugby and dad's having a beer and the child says, can I have a beer with you? And he says, no, don't be ridiculous. You're 15. And he's going, but I can vape. So can we talk about that double standard? For sure. And I think, you know, I think about my teenagehood and drinking. I started drinking at 14 and it was the norm. And parents would say, as long as it's done under our roof and, you know, they can have a few drinks at a bribe because we are able to see them, but we still went out and illegally got alcohol. You know, it doesn't stop me from leaving the house and doing it on my own. It actually enables me further. And the fact that you can also just walk up to your counter at any local grocery store and buy a vape, you know, these kids that I interviewed, neither of them had ever been ID'd when they go to the counter at spa or pick and pay or wherever. And they look young, you know. I I feel like there should be some sort of discernment from the cashier that this person is not meant to be doing this. But again, it makes no difference if the parents are aware and are allowing it because these kids will still do it either way. Again, this comes back to the complication of the issue because, as you say, we feel that there should be more accountability, that the cashier should be just using common sense. Look at the person. There's no way that this person's 18. But then, as you said in your article, if fast food delivery merchants are advertising these products and you can actually get them via your fast food delivery, what chance do the parents have of actually protecting? But by the same measure, I want to say we can't abdicate the parenting. The parenting is still, it it is still our job to protect the children. Yeah, we can't parent by legislation. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to find out with this as a backdrop and a context, and you can hear plainly our frustration in, in what we're saying, what are the studies showing and what are the, what are they expecting to see out of these studies? So I think that there's been a lot of research done on the short-term effects of vaping. So shortness of breath, um, lung issues, that sort of thing. But long-term, it's very hard to tell at this moment, but There is definitely a high number of teens vaping in South Africa specifically. And like Jack said, it starts at 15. That's the average age of beginning to vape. And as the years go, 
go higher, you know, matrix stand at about 27% of them vaping in the country. And so the study, hopefully, the study by the Manchester Metropolitan University will hopefully show that vaping is just, if not more dangerous than smoking because of the long-term effects. And I think that it might take a while to actually hammer that in. You know, it took a while for cigarettes to become taboo, but hopefully that will inform teenagers as they go on and inform parents. Unfortunately, also with teens, despite warnings on things, they still continue to do the thing that's bad for them because of that feeling that they're invincible, they're going to live forever. You know, it's only until it's too late that they might think, oh, actually, I shouldn't have done that. Well, let's face it, they're surrounded by social media that is constantly reinforcing that belief. And that they have to be vaping to be cool and in with the crowd and, you know, accepted. And for a teenager, that's paramount. That's that's worth more than anything else, just to be accepted. For sure, yeah. That acceptance, that sense of belonging is the most important thing. And to go back to the teens that I interviewed who had such immense addiction knowledge, you know, they do it anyway because they would rather ruin their bodies and ruin their lives to fit in despite knowing better do the studies deal with the the nicotine addiction as well or are they focusing on the respiratory effects of inhaling the moisture and and that sort of thing i think they're more focused on the physical effects but i definitely think that there should be more studies into the addiction and the levels of addiction so i'd love to speculate on the use of marijuana in this space and the cbd oils because there has to be a crossover at some point also with the the new found relaxation and acceptance of marijuana globally and different legislation around the world where it has become legalized for kids over 18 or for people over 18, not for kids under the age of 18. I'd love to know what that crossover is and if there is any at any point. In terms of marijuana and vaping? Using CBD oils, which is essentially the active part of the marijuana, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah, sure. Vapes can definitely be used for marijuana purposes, and that's also another problem that we face. I interviewed a nurse and a counsellor, her name is Sam Halt, and she said that this is actually one of the biggest dangers of vaping, is that it can be used for illegal substances within the vape. And obviously, it makes it a lot easier for kids to just buy the vape from the store and add the marijuana in and just sneak off to smoke. So it's definitely something that needs to be watched out for. What was very clear from the Netflix documentary was that the delivery system of the nicotine and the high level of nicotine was one of the reasons why kids and adults are being hooked so quickly. And it's not just the nicotine addiction that's the problem. There's a whole lot of secondary issues that go around that. Would you like to just share some of your thoughts on that, Jax? It's a tricky one. And I'm going to go back to the sore point of when parents are saying that it's fine within the home as long as it's with them. And the reality is that that can never be contained just within the home and under the roof of the home. That's not a realistic expectation. Yeah, Tendani touched on that itself, yeah. And hugely because of the level of nicotine addiction means that a 15, whoever it is who's vaping, they can't get through a six or seven or eight hour school day without their vape at that point. They need the nicotine in between. I mean, they're barely getting through a three hour exam if they are that addicted to the nicotine. 
So what's happening then is they are being forced into a position of becoming duplicitous, lying about it. They're being sneaky. They're doing all these things that we'd really rather not be having at school. And quite frankly, the parent who has said it's fine to do it at home has almost enabled that behavior because the protection has been lifted of, no, you are 15. I don't care what your friends are doing. You will not. And if I find you doing it, there will be consequences. And then we have kids who halfway through the school day are feeling sick and nauseous. Exactly. And it, it's a tummy ache. And then it's not really. It's nicotine withdrawal it's because nicotine they need withdrawal, to have a hit. Or it's the child who can't get through a single lesson without going to the bathroom. Because, of course, you know, as adults, we're not very bright in the mind of a teenager. So we don't recognize the pattern of every lesson having to sneak off to the bathroom. Sure. And as adults, we're too stupid to work out all the hiding places for the vapes and things. But the point is they've almost been forced into this level of duplicitousness because for every hour of the weekend or, or from when I get home until the next morning, it's fine for me to be vaping. So I can sit and vape all day. Mm. But that means I cannot get through it at school. There is never an instance where that's going to be contained within the home. Mm. I also wonder, you know, just based on addiction and what addiction, what addiction looks like, um, I am in recovery myself and I know with addiction there's obsession, constant obsession. How am I going to get my next fix? How am I going to get through this day? And to sit in a lesson as a child and try to concentrate when those thoughts are going through your mind must be, it must be impossible for them to actually learn anything. It is impossible. Mm. In terms of what your brain's doing at that point and which part of your brain is active at that point, it is impossible. There is no way they are taking in what the teacher's teaching. Sure, they've got exactly. heightened anxiety and their focus is not on what they need to be focusing on at that point. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how it affects, you know, grades and marks and exams when there's enough research done into it. I'm curious to know how parents respond once a child is suspended for vaping, especially considering that a lot of them allow them to do to vape at home, but also expect the school to instill rules. I think what we need to start off as a departure point is that schools don't like expelling kids and they don't like suspending them. The The magic wand for all of us is that the kids are behaving, there's no drugs, alcohol, bullying, vaping on campus, and that the kids are at school doing what they're supposed to do. Suspension is not the outcome we want, but there has to be a sanction for breaking the rules. And most schools just classify vapes directly under their code of conduct where it comes to tobacco use and tobacco products. And we certainly followed the same stringent rules when it comes to that. If you get caught with a vape, first time you suspended for a week the vape gets confiscated and obviously there's a conversation with the parents. Fortunately, we have cameras everywhere in the school, so it's never really an issue when it comes to owning up to it. But as you say, I'm curious to know what those conversations are like at home if the parents do condone it and how are they going to do it? Are the kids going to school with a nicotine patch now to get them through the day so they can vape when they get home again? So at Edgewink, if a child is caught vaping, then they're suspended for a week. We call the parents in and the conversation is pretty much around what we're having right now. It's just taking away from why they're here and that is the learning and it's disrupting that learning for themselves and it's certainly not the outcome that we want. We are here to study, we're here to learn and we have to be educated. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation because the misinformation has resulted in such a lot of confusion around the safety, you know, as we've discussed. 
And essentially, if a parent is allowing the vaping in the home and then the child's being suspended for vaping at school, the parent is inherently complicit in the suspension. So how do you impose sanctions on the child, but the parent's going, oh, well, we got caught. It's a very difficult situation when you're trying to create a community that partners in the education of a child. One of the problems that I think we are facing as a community raising children is the accessibility of the vapes, the refills, the oils, etc. In your research into this article, what did you find? Did you find that that was part of the problem or what information have you got for us around that? 100% accessibility is a huge part of the problem. I interviewed a 34-year-old woman on the topic and although it's a different age group, it still has the same premise that accessibility is very, very different in terms of vaping than cigarettes. So instead of walking out onto the balcony to smoke, she can just smoke her vape at her desk. She works from home, so she's almost lucky enough to be able to do that, whereas corporates do have a lot more rules around vaping. But again, with kids, they can just pull out their vape during a break while they're walking from a class to another class, while they're going to the bathroom quickly, as Jackson mentioned. So I feel that that aspect of vaping is something that needs to be considered in terms of the long-term effects because smoking isn't done as regularly as vaping in a person's day. Yeah, it seems to be pretty incessant. Um, Again, referring back to the big vape when the chap was talking about the fact that he would never smoke in his own home or in his car, but since he had switched to vaping, he had that thing in his hand and in his mouth almost constantly. Well, it tastes good as well. Let's talk a little bit about what the action plan is. We all know what the problems are. Where do we go from here as a society, as educators, as parents? I think that the study is very important because it will allow countries and governments to form opinions or form legislation around vaping. So the hope is that, you know, Governments will be aware of what's happening to the body, at least, and then take action from there. We are seeing, like I said, a few countries who are who have put in action to pass legislation around vaping. So hopefully it will just mean that there are bigger clampdowns or harder clampdowns on vaping as we go along. Well, as we said, it takes a village to raise a child. And part of that village and community is good legislation to make sure that the people who are supplying it are doing so responsibly. The access the kids have to it is done responsibly. It takes good parenting to set the boundaries and understand what the expectation of the home values are. And parents are vigilant about this and not condoning it. And it takes good boundaries from the school and the educators to say within our space, this is our rules for the protection of other people, as well as the protection of yourself. Mm, For sure. Where can people access your article so my article was run in the business day on the 16th of october so there is a link to the article on the businesslive.co.za website and the title is researchers to probe long-term health effects of vaping or you could just google vaping business day and it should come up as the first link and i really really would like our parents i would strongly encourage them to go and read the article and possibly even to go and watch the big vape with their teenagers on netflix there's a couple of episodes that delve into the dangers and the hazards and and what it actually does to their health and and i think it would be a valuable exercise for them as with all things like this getting informed 
so that you can make informed decisions, not knee-jerk reactions, is important. And I think that as more information has become is becoming available, driven a lot by the US and the FDA in the US and other countries doing studies like this, we are going to start seeing legislation being passed that is going to assist parents and educators and people in places of responsibility to make sure that this pandemic, epidemic of vaping amongst the youth, because that's where the real problem is at this point, is going to be curbed. For sure, yes. I'm looking forward to more conversations about this. Absolutely, definitely. So this podcast has some homework. People need to go and read the article that you wrote. People need to go and watch the Netflix series, The Big Vape, so they can start having the meaningful conversations and start the exploration of understanding what's going on. Thank you very much for sharing your time on such short notice. I think this is a very, very important conversation that we're starting, and it's certainly not the be-all and end-all of it. And Jax, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us and have this conversation. Now, this was an important one. And thank you to Tendani from me as well for just when I reached out to you for getting back to me. And this has been really, really valuable for our community. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a very beneficial conversation for me too. And I'm looking forward to further conversations. Absolutely. 100%. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.